Assalamu alaikum girls. I hope you're all in the best of health and iman inshallah. Welcome back to another episode on the e podcast. Um, I'm Rizwana. I'm the host of the e podcast and in today's podcast it's going to be quite a nice chilled podcast episode because I will be talking about the advice that I'd like to give to younger girls especially um, young girls who are Muslim and who maybe are having trouble navigating their life um, growing up as a teenager trying to find the love for their deen because I know growing up I found it very difficult to connect with Islam despite the fact that I was Muslim and obviously I started connecting to Islam alhamdulillah in my late teens but I do wanted to you know I wanted to share some advice and life lessons that I've learned from growing up so that inshallah it will help any of my younger viewers out there sorry not viewers my younger listeners out there who maybe are finding it a bit of a struggle because I think a lot of topics that I share on my podcast relate to obviously it can also relate to teenagers a lot of it is Islam based so it does refer to everybody but I really want to focus on talking to my younger audience and I'm not a parent but if you are a parent and you have daughters as well I think inshallah this podcast will hopefully be beneficial to you as well in terms of maybe finding ways to kind of be close with your daughters and try to understand them and inshallah if you have you know maybe younger siblings and you're an older sibling it'll be inshallah it'll be beneficial for you to listen to this and maybe use some of the tips that I share to help connect with your siblings and ensure that they are on the right path now by all means am I not saying I'm not saying that I am knowledgeable or anything like that or everything that I say today will be based on my past experience because of my background and what I went through and inshallah any of these life lessons could help someone else and I genuinely think if you've learned something and it's benefited you it's really important that you share it with your society and the people around you, your friends and family, so that inshallah they can benefit from it in some way or another. Okay, so just a bit of backstory. So I am 22 years old and obviously I was <laughs> I was a teenager and growing up I lived in an area and I still do. I live in an area which is not diverse at all. I went to an all-girls school where I was the only Asian um girl in my whole year group let alone the fact that I was the only Muslim girl in school how crazy is that I was the only Muslim girl out of what maybe nearly a thousand students the only Muslim that's how not diverse my school was and so as you know the only friends I could make were the girls at school because I was young I wasn't really allowed to go out that much but um a lot of the company that I had was with um, was with amongst non-believers okay nothing to do with their race or you know their background is because I surrounded myself with a lot of non-believers and it was very difficult for me to connect with Islam even though my parents alhamdulillah they are very you know they're devout Muslims and they were the only influence that they they were the only influence on me when it came to my deen but obviously when you're going to school as a teenager you spend most of your day actually in school and then when you come home there's a high chance you're on your phone texting your friends and I always tell this to people like your friends are your biggest company a man there's a hadith narrated by Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi where he states the man follows the religion of his friend so obviously you can already tell that the significance of this hadith is very very 
relatable to the circumstances that we live in today. So I remember growing up with non-believers as friends and it made it, made it very difficult for me to connect with Islam because there were certain barriers um, between me and them and there were certain barriers. I felt like they were a big barrier to me when it came to trying to connect with Islam because the, our conversations would be very different. It would obviously be not about Islam at all but it would be more about haram things or just things that aren't part of my culture and I just felt like I was compelled to kind of fit in and honestly I think I really lost myself then but you know what alhamdulillah everything happens for a reason because I think what I went through growing up as a teenager has helped me massively to become the person I am today and obviously if you want to know a bit more about my background and my stories I do have I do kind of mention it across you know across all of my podcasts so the friendship episode where I was with my best friend Ifa we recorded um, our backgrounds and situations regarding friendship so please do listen to that and also I think I've kind of touched upon it in a few other episodes as well but yes that's enough of my backstory so I kind of want to just talk about and give advice to my younger girls who are listening my younger viewers who are maybe struggling with trying to connect with their dean and are struggling to kind of fit in due to the sins that are being normalized in society and I think that's the biggest thing right now especially in school schools if you go to a mixed school there is a lot of fitna growing up because you are maturing your mind is developing you are more hormonal there are certain feelings that you are starting to feel that you didn't feel before and you just don't know how to figure it out you are clouded by all of these thoughts and imaginations that come to your mind and it's very difficult to navigate through these things and trust me I went through it as well and it was very difficult for me but obviously now that I'm here you know a few years later I feel like now I can kind of give the advice that I wish I had known and I wish that somebody told me when I was younger so let's begin with this advice session. Okay, so number one, I've touched upon this already, but when you're growing up, you have to make sure that you choose your friends wisely. Again, I talk more about this in my friendship series with Ifa on my podcast as well. But girls, you have no idea, like... I regret the friends, to be honest, I don't regret anything, okay, I'm not going to complain about anything because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, did everything for a reason and he has blessed me with Islam and that is the main thing, so I'm not going to complain, but you know what, like growing up, I did make the wrong decisions when it came to choosing my company and I think it didn't really help the fact that I didn't really have any Muslim friends at all and I didn't have any choice but to befriend non-believers which is okay you can be friends with non-believers but it's when they start you know sharing their opinions and trying to lure you in that's where it gets very scary so I think for me I think I didn't really have a choice but if you are in an environment surrounded with a lot of Muslims and I'll give both scenarios so if you are in a school with surrounded with lots of Muslim sisters befriend them okay but then again non-believers okay they can have good traits as well of course they may not believe in Allah but they you know they might be kind-hearted you know and you can still befriend them but don't engage in any haram that they do do not follow the path of the disbelievers in which that they you know present haram things and they do haram things that's one thing that you shouldn't do but um 
choose your friends wisely so choose the company the company in which that you know they speak good about others they do not backbite you know they do not steal they are they don't complain they are so good-hearted to everyone around them they are good to those above them below them okay they have values they have morals and that is just so important because what tends to happen is as you're growing up you have this kind of pressure to want to fit in society and it's really difficult like I'm a teacher I see it with the girls that I teach everybody has their own friendship group and they want to fit in and in order to fit in it's like you have to talk about certain things that may not be aligned with what your parents have taught you but more importantly what Islam has taught you but you want that sense of belonging but that sense of belonging is actually wrong that sense of belonging wanting to fit in with the people is not you performing your duty as a muslim because at the end of the day you only belong to allah we belong to allah and to him we shall return and that is how that works for us so if you feel like you have to do so much to fit in then those people are not your company okay because the correct company in life are those who love Allah who follow the deen who possess the righteous qualities that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves okay because what also happens is if you start growing up and your friends are displaying all of these poor you know mannerisms and these poor quality traits then naturally you are going to possess those traits too because eventually it will be very normal for you so again it's really important that you choose your friends wisely because that will have a big impact on you in the future for me personally how I got out of that was that when I went to university alhamdulillah I went to a very diverse university in London and I had so many Muslim girls who really inspired me and alhamdulillah I finished university now, graduated like two years ago. I'm still in good contact with those girls because our friendship is based on for the sake of Allah. And I felt like there's no barrier there because we had the same belief. And again, if you surround yourself with good people around you, good girls around you, believe me, they are going to be a means of you getting closer to Allah because Allah loves the qualities of the believers. So again, choose your friends wisely. It's so funny the fact that I said this podcast is going to be about five to ten minutes long and girls you have no idea I'm literally just looking at my screen right now and I'm already at um, <laughs> 11 minutes nearly. Oh, this is not meant to be the plan but anyway um, the second thing that I want to share is stay away from haram relationships. Now I don't it might be awkward for some of you girls to hear it I know when I was younger growing up it was very it was a very awkward topic that my parents really didn't speak to me about because it's kind of seen as a taboo um, thing talking about haram relationships so nobody ever kind of gave me you know gave me that conversation I kind of had to just navigate on my own but haram relationships I trust me they are your biggest downfall because there is no barakah in a haram relationship Allah made haram relationships haram for a reason and the reason why Allah made them haram is because one it displeases Allah because there is so much fitna involved and that's why you know obviously don't get into a haram relationship but don't even go near 
anybody that you think that you could potentially have a haram relationship with. And by that, I mean any non-mahram around you. That's what I'm talking about. So any non-mahram, try and avoid as much contact as you can. And I know that's difficult growing up, especially if you go to a mixed school, but you have to make the intention and try your best, okay? If there is any, you know, girl partners that you can be with for, I don't know, a science project or something, do that, even if you don't know them, okay? But don't fall into that sin that potential grave sin of you falling um, into communication with a boy. Because what tends to happen, right? You know, Allah tells us in the Quran, obviously, not to perform zina, but he actually specifies to not even go near zina. So not even to do zina, but it's like to not even go near it. And that is just such a strong message because that is saying any signs that could lead to zina, even stay away from that. Eye contact. Allah tells us to l- lower our gaze because if we don't lower our gaze, what's going to happen is so much fitna. We're going to feel this lustful desire to the other person. And then once we have that lustful desire, it will then start to, you know, turn into flirting. Flirting will start, you know, to turn into astaghfirullah, touching. And touching will then eventually lead to zina. Okay, and that's a very grave sin. It's one of the major sins in Islam. And to be honest, if there is someone you like, and it's not a sin, and I feel like a lot of people, I don't know what it is. I don't want to call them extreme extremists. I feel like that's the wrong word. I don't know. But there are some people who are like, no, falling in love is haram. No, it's not. You can love someone and you can like someone. Allah has given us these feelings. These feelings are not haram, but it's what you do with that feeling. So if there's somebody that you like the look of or that you are interested in knowing, get married. As simple as that. You know, Allah has made it so easy for us to be with the person that we want to be with. And that's through having a nikah done, having an Islamic marriage done. But obviously, we live in a society, especially if you are a listener living in a Western society, you know that marriage is such a big thing when actually it isn't. It's very, it's a simple thing to do. You don't need to have a lavish wedding or anything like that. You know, you can, it's just so quick and easy. It will take about five minutes to get your nikah done. It's so simple as that. But we live in a society that overcomplicates marriage to the point where people don't even want to get married anymore because they're scared of commitment. And that is what happens when you don't lower your gaze. When you don't lower your gaze, you will start looking at different men and start comparing them. When you start comparing them and you start, you know, falling into that trap of communicating with them, that's it. And if you don't do anything about it or you don't have the right intentions of getting to know them for the right reason, you have to step back. Because if you go in deeper and deeper into that, trust me, it will be so scary for you and it will delay your marriage. It will delay that the it will delay that big blessing that Allah wanted to give you. Why? Because do you know what? As you're growing up and if you've experienced a haram relationship, may Allah forgive us all. Amin. But if you have been in a haram relationship and you've just come out of it and you you're looking for that sense of belonging again, that's just it's that's just not how it's going to work. You're not going to find the one for you because, you know, when you find the next person, what's going to happen is you're going to start to compare that new person to the person that you were with or the person that you've had a fling with or whatever. And that is so scary because your eyes shouldn't be fixated on anybody other than the person that Allah has destined for you to be with. That is it. Because that's where other sins come from. You've got zina there, but then you've got adultery. 
You have so many of these men and women cheating on their spouses because they grew up investing their time into haram relationships, into having, you know, committing zina, having sex before marriage. Okay, and it's just so scary because you lose the purity. You lose the purity. You you can't differentiate between whether you love someone or whether you lust someone. It's very difficult, and unfortunately, what tends to happen is your intentions do not become pure. They start to become impure, and why this is so, why it's also haram is that is the fact that it leaves you feeling disconnected from Allah, because Allah tells us in the Quran to He is the only one that we need to trust alone. Okay, not anybody else. We do not confide in anyone else. We only confide in Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. Now, marriage. Again, I'll talk about this in the future. But marriage is just a means to get closer to Allah. It should not just be a massive goal in life. It's just a means to get closer to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. So, please, my like young sisters who are listening out there, because I've been getting so many DMs from sisters on Instagram. Especially my young sisters, who are you know maybe in their teenage years, who are you know they like someone and they they feel like that they're communicating with them in a haram way, and please just please take my advice, don't go there. I promise you, it might be you know what it is. It's so hard, and trust me, I get it. It's so hard to not be tempted, right? Everybody has temptations, whether that's haram relationships, whether that's alcohol, whether that's drugs, whether that's other stuff, whether that's gambling. Okay, but the real test, okay, the real reward lies in the fact that you are able to fight those temptations off. You are able to fight off shaitan's whispers. Okay, and it's really important that you remember that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has the perfect spouse for you. He is. He has written everybody in pairs. So have that patience. Patience is something that you need to develop over time. Okay, it comes with age. I personally feel like patience comes with age because I feel like growing up, the tests become a lot harder, more responsibilities, more worldly desires around you. The world is becoming more advanced every single day, and so the te- it's going to test your patience a lot. It's going to test your sabr. But believe me, not only do you trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's plan, but you trust in his timing. And trust me, if you want endless barakah from Allah, because you have to remember growing up as a teenager, you have to realize and you need to just tell yourself it's really important to ensure that your focal point is that your purpose in this dunya is nothing else but to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it's really important that you remind yourself of that. And please, 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 if you have friends or cousins or sisters who are in a haram relationship, do not encourage them. And you know what? It probably sounds awful, right? But if your friend is in a haram relationship and they start talking about their haram relationship, you should not encourage it. If anything, try and cut that conversation short. Or, and I feel like a lot of people are kind of, you know, worried to do this. And I'm not going to lie, I was there as well. But it's really important that you explain to those around you why haram relationships are wrong. Because from your benefic- from you saying something so benefiting, inshallah, that could be the reason why they let go of that haram relationship. 
okay so it's really important that you know you either stay away from it and to be honest if you've tried to kind of talk to your family about it and you've tried to talk to your sisters cousins friends to stay away from that haram relationship and they just don't listen well you've done your duty as a muslim but also you shouldn't be entertaining that conversation anymore and I've seen situations where I've had girls um, message me on Instagram and they would just be like, Rizwana, um, my friend, you know, she's in a haram relationship, but obviously I don't really encourage it. I don't like talking about it because it's haram. And she gets offended that we don't talk about it on offer that I don't care about her. Right. I'm going to tell you this one thing. If you start encouraging your friend while she's in a haram relationship and when I say encourage I mean like oh you guys look so cute together or like oh what did you guys do over the weekend oh he bought you this he brought you that and like all of that stuff yeah that's called encouraging because you're trying to encourage a conversation conversation you're initiating a whole conversation to do with somebody else's haram relationship it's like the same thing if somebody was if you had a friend that was drinking and then you were like oh my days what um what drink did, I don't know I don't, I've never drank alcohol in my life but it's like what drink did you drink i don't know how how, you, how people talk about alcohol but um but yeah it's the same thing stop don't ever talk about anything that will encourage haram and i know it's very difficult okay it's very difficult and it's a big reminder to myself foremost by the way everything that i'm saying here is a big reminder to myself foremost and also another thing if you stay away from all of this haram you find so much peace and contentment in your heart and you also stay out of trouble because your focus is on elsewhere. You know, growing up, your main priority is obviously Allah and the deen. But alongside that, you've obviously got your studies, you know, and education or maybe you're working. If you're in your late teens, you've got other priorities to focus on. OK, because usually what happens is, is that think about how many people go astray because they've indulged themselves into haram. And can I just say one thing, right? Growing up as a teenager, when you're in your teenage years, and I'm a teacher, I know this, when you're in your teenage years, especially early teenage years, right, you will get influenced by absolutely anything. So that's why it's really important, especially if you're a parent listening to, to this. And again, I'm not a parent, so obviously I don't know anything. Um, but I will say one thing. If you are an older sibling or if you're a teacher, it's really important that you check in on your students that you, you have or your children or your siblings. Or even if, you know, you're a young person yourself and you want to make the right decision and become more wise, it's so important to realize realize that you can be influenced by anything and you want to be influenced by the right things that's why when I told you earlier having the right company is so important because they're going to influence you inshallah to do the right thing number three don't waste your time and learn some new skills so this is actually quite interesting because I feel like I'm doing a lot more now um, at my age of 22, my early 20s than I did as a teenager. But I think, do you know what it is? I think my priorities were kind of different. I think back then I wasn't really Dean focused, but you know, Alhamdulillah, I have improved massively from that. And it's really important that as you're growing up as a teenager and for my young girls out there, find yourself a hobby, okay? And when I say hobby, something that you love, don't just force a hobby because what happens is if you force a hobby, you won't be consistent. So it's really important that you stay consistent with a hobby that you want to do and what happens is that not only does it keep you busy and happy and it keeps you energetic and it keeps you occupied but it keeps you away from doing haram that's the biggest blessing when it comes to hobbies that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us okay and learning some new skills because trust me you're in a world you're in, and obviously 
the dunya isn't the priority but if obviously you know deen is your focal point but if you're somebody that wants to be successful in this dunya you have to kind of keep up with the skills because every single day you have to remember this dunya that we're living in it's evolving dramatically every single day new jobs are arising technologies are rising so different careers there are different pathways different responsibilities that you can take on but a lot of these require skill so if you have do extra things um as you're growing up trust me that's going to benefit you so much and you feel like you're actually utilizing your time wisely because i feel like what happens is especially when you're young and you're a teenager you're so occupied on your phone like tiktok is such a big thing but you have to realize like it's not what's going to make you successful in life it isn't i'm i'm being honest it's not what's going to make you successful in life just sitting there not doing anything and just waiting for opportunities to come to you opportunities don't come to you there's a hadith you know where we that we have to tie our cam- camel first and then allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will you know give us what we want or better okay but you need to try first you can't expect allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give you this amazing job on opportunity or this university offer or this college offer if you don't put the work in okay like for example if you're applying for college or university you know a university is not going to come up to you and approach you and be like hey i'm going to give you an offer without you kind of showing yourself off and showing your skills off right you have to send in your application first that's how it works that's you tying your camel and i'm just using this one as an example but yeah that's you tying your camel and then obviously the outcome you leave it to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that's how you should expect your blessings to come same thing by making dua dua is another form of you tying your camel because you are putting in the effort to ask allah for it and obviously leave the outcome to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you're not the, you're not in charge of the outcome of any decision it's the almighty so again find something that you love to do like for example start a podcast <laughs> like with me i've always loved talking and i love talking about islam and how it changed my life and self improvement and all of this stuff and i thought you know what let me start a pod- podcast because i absolutely love it like i know that i'm just <laughs> on my own talking to my microphone but it's so nice because it just what it does for me is that it releases everything positive and i love it especially when i don't realize it and then when i sit down and i just let out all of these emotions and this positivity alhamdulillah it just makes me feel happy okay and that is me using my time wisely and trust me when you use your time wisely you will be five steps ahead of where you are meant to be and i think that is the biggest blessing from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala okay number 4 number 4 is such a big one don't trust anyone Honestly, the amount of trust issues I have now because of growing up as a teenager, like you would I trusted anyone blindly. I trusted anyone because I wasn't so connected with my dean and just bear bear that in mind right for a second. I'm saying that I wasn't connected to my dean back then. So I trusted Allah's creation left, right and center blindly. okay and cuz i felt like i could come to them come to allah's creation with my problems okay i felt like i could come to them with my problems for them to sort out and give me the solution no that is the wrong mindset to have as a believer 
okay so when you're growing up right and even if you're you know if you're a young teenager listening to this or even you don't even need to be a teenager to be listening to this episode because it's relatable to everyone even at any age I personally feel like the only the only place your trust should be is with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala place your trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and not his creation okay because you have to remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us the hardship he gives us the hardship but he also gives us the solution his creation won't give you the solution Allah has made you and the next person the same you are made out of the same things you are made up of the same mind the same you know soul that he put in you okay they're on the same level as you doesn't matter if they've had life experience that's a human that's a product made from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so when you have a problem you turn to him and you know what you can trust Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because Allah will conceal your sins people are so untrustworthy that they will reveal your sins whether that's them being cynical or whether that's them saying it accidentally you know these things happen and trust me it is very very scary and upsetting because humans can be very deceiving okay they can be very deceitful that's why you place your trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so get on your prayer mat and pray to Allah and tell Allah exactly how you are feeling if there is a sin that you're ashamed of of course Allah's gonna you know bear witness to that Allah has seen all of that happening whether you sin in public or private but you can still tell Allah that you did it. You can still admit to Allah because it makes you feel like you're telling somebody. I mean, you are telling somebody, but it makes you feel like as if, you know, you're talking to like a human, right? But you're talking to the all superior, the almighty, and that's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So again, do not trust anyone blindly because, you know, you will be heartbroken and you will have a lot of trust issues. And I trust me when I say this, and I spoke to many women about this growing up, you will find a lot of trust issues when you start looking for a spouse and that is that is that's not how it should be okay you shouldn't have these negative feelings towards Allah's creation based on the past experiences that you had with trust because that doesn't define anyone you know I hear a lot of girls right and it's a bit off topic but I hear a lot of girls say to me oh I can't marry men or men are trash because I can't um, trust them I'm just using men as an example right and I hear them say that and I'm like, but just because one person broke your trust does not mean that defines other men in this dunya. There are very, very good men out there, not just men, but there are very good people out there that you can trust as a friend, that you can trust as a spouse. Okay, so please, even if you have trust issues, do not let that cloud your judgment when it comes to meeting new people. Okay, because what's going to happen is you're going to be bringing, especially when it comes to marriage, you're going to be bringing in that toxic energy, that negative energy into your marriage where you have these trust issues because of your past. That's why growing up, save yourself the hassle when it comes to the future. And trust me, believe me when I say this. I wish I didn't trust anybody growing up but of course when you're a teenager it's very easy to trust people and I don't blame you okay I don't blame you but you have to remember just because somebody is nice to you does not mean they are trustworthy trustworthy and having a kind character are two different things and if somebody's a true believer right and if you really want to find out who's the true friend the true friend is the person that fears Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so that means if you 
tell them something, if you entrust your friend with something and they break it, okay, they are not a true believer of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because they would not have broken your promise or they would not have broken your trust. Trust is a very big thing in Islam. Please just do yourself a big favor and just don't trust anybody apart from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It may take time, but at least have that intention already in your mind that that's what you're trying to do. Okay. And then inshallah, you know, Allah will put endless barakah in it and Allah will make dua for yourself. You know, it's really important that you make dua for yourself and inshallah, um, you know, may Allah help us all. I mean, and, you know, guide us onto the right path. I mean. Okay, number five, and that is being truthful. Okay, and obviously, I've seen, and to be honest, again, I'm a teacher, I see this all the time. I work in an all girls school, I see this all the time. But um, teenagers, you know, as you're growing up, you might have the decency to lie. And what happens is, is that if you lie once, even if it's a small lie, a lie is a lie regardless of how big and small it is. So if you lie once, what makes you think that you're not going to lie again? If you can get away with it, what makes you think you're not going to get away with it again? Think about cheaters, for example, right? Cheaters, they will cheat on their spouse, okay? Or they'll cheat out a company or they'll cheat on their friend, something like that. If they get away with it, they'll carry on, no? They'll, they'll carry on. You don't just cheat once and then that's it. You know that you just got away with it. So you're going to get go deeper. You're going to go deeper into this dark, big hole. And trust me, that's going to be awful for you. The outcome will be so awful and the punishment is so severe that that is not worth it. It's not worth doing that. Okay. Um. So yeah, that's just an example. But with lies, you know, and I think what tends to happen is people think you know you have those petty liars right the small lies where it's like I don't know my dog ate my homework or I forgot um I didn't you know I left my homework at home but actually you um just didn't do it at all um, I get that a lot as a teacher it's really important to realize that even those are lies okay and if you are a young teenage girl and you are listening to this and you've you know maybe lied and did those petty lies it's really easy because what happens is if you get away with petty lies you are going to unconsciously your mind is going to push further to think it's okay to try and lie about something big because you've gotten away with it so much so far so please again refrain from yourself because lying is a quality that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not like okay Allah challenges people the ones who lie so please refrain from lying because lying will get you nowhere and it will you know put you in a big trouble trust me it will put you in very big trouble because that lie will catch up to you and trust me if you do not ask for forgiveness and you do not repent right now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make you make up for it maybe in this dunya or even worse the hereafter and that is not something that you want okay so if you have lied in the past so let's all take a moment you know maybe pause this podcast because you might have lied unintentionally so let's just pause this podcast and just make you know sincere repentance to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive us for the lies that we have done whether that's unintentional whether that's intentional I mean so just quickly make that dua for yourself and then carry on listening to the podcast because it's really important that sometimes you just stop for a moment and just take in everything that you have done in your life and just one thank Allah for everything but number two ask for forgiveness Number six is to preserve your beauty, okay? And this is a very big topic because you know what? Growing up, I used to wear a lot of makeup and I wasn't wearing hijab back then, so I had my hair out. And 
honestly, I think that was a very big, not even I think, it was a very big mistake because not only did I, will I have gotten sin for it, but may Allah forgive me and forgive all of us for going through it. I mean, because obviously we do things without realizing. And as teenagers, your mind is mentally, you know, trying to mature as you grow up. Okay, so, you know, there will be some instances where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive you because Allah knows that obviously when you're like 30, you are more mentally mature and more aware than if you were at the age of 14. Okay, Allah is aware of that. Allah, you have to remember Allah's mercy is greater than his wrath. But again, it's really important for you to seek for forgiveness. So if you're maybe my age now or maybe older, or you're past your teenage years, then just make sure that you are asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for forgiveness for the things you have done in the past. It's really important that you do that. So if you are a teenager right now, it's really important that you preserve your beauty because what happens is when you start dolling up and you start wearing makeup that's very obvious and you can tell that you are wearing makeup, then what tends to happen is you are now going to become a fitna for somebody around you okay you are going to be a fitna online everywhere and that's the other thing that i want to talk about okay um growing up i used to post pictures of myself can you believe it i used to post pictures of my face and my hair out when i was like a teenager on instagram it was a completely different instagram account and that's long gone now but i didn't realize back then i was actually being a lot of fitna for men it's scary it's daunting because you know what what made me stop doing that was that when I went to when I fully started embracing Islam so when I started wearing hijab and I started you know reading a lot more and I started um, being more deen orientated one thing I realized was the fact that what if I pass away what if today is my last day what if when I go to sleep that is my last breath who will delete my pictures for me online and because and it's just scary subhanallah it's so scary because even when you die and if nobody has deleted your pictures and again you can't trust anyone to you can't trust anyone to because why it's not their responsibility and if you have loving and caring friends righteous friends then of course they're going to try their best to delete it for you but that's not their responsibility it's not on them it's on you okay it is on you at the end of the day you will be accountable you will be held accountable for your actions so imagine if you pass away right and your pictures you don't you won't even know if your pictures have been deleted or not and then you're punished in your grave because of the fitna that you are producing from having online pictures of yourself now i guess obviously I, this this was a very big struggle for me growing up because I because I was very sucked into this whole like hijabi influencer phase and I just remember like everyone would be like doling up putting on like nice makeup and putting on their hijab nicely and just displaying their beauty and making these aesthetic pictures trust me it is not worth it it is not worth it okay because that's not going with you to your grave that is not a good deed going with you to your grave and if you're somebody that's really interested in modest fashion okay there is a certain way that you can go on when it comes to modest fashion without compromising your beauty you don't need to show your face give off modest fashion you know i think it's gotten to the to that stage and to be honest there's this amazing influencer that i really look up to now her name is bazi batul and i think a lot of you girls have heard of that name she had this massive change in her life where she took down all of her pictures and i watched her tiktok videos and she literally said this most amazing thing that i've never heard anybody else say she said her intention was to do 
modest fashion but then it gets to the point where you're so into all of this you're growing you're becoming popular and there's so many trends out there that it starts to compromise your modesty but even it gets to the point where your intentions change are you just posting pictures for the sake of fashion and fashion trends or are you actually posting it because of modest modesty they're two very different things two very very different things and when she said that I was like wow that is so true and I think we live in a society where we are so blinded we are so blinded with it now because it's so normal that we can't actually differentiate between somebody who wants to give off um, the idea that it's really important to dress modestly or somebody who's just posting it to for fashion reasons you know and trying to their main focus is keeping up with the fashion trends it's a big difference okay and along with this right that's the whole thing about preserving your beauty and remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made it forth upon women to dress modestly so that means no tight clothing I know some of you might hate to hear it but I'm trying to speak facts okay but again obviously each to their own and you know everyone's on their own journey okay so again it's a big reminder to myself foremost before I share this with anyone and by the way again this episode is talk is about me talking about what I've learned from my past and I'm just sharing what I've learned and what I should have done to the younger girls who are listening to this okay so again Allah tells us not to wear tight clothing but then you'll see on Instagram like um, somebody will be wearing a bodysuit but then they've got something loose over the top and like it's just it's again it's compromising modesty and when I think of Islam right I just think do not ever do anything that will even compromise it in the slightest don't even go there you know because it's it's scary it's genuinely so scary because when you compromise it you're doing it willingly because compromise means you have to think about it right so when you're thinking about it it's like you're willingly compromising your deen compromising a command that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave you and I think that is really scary and that's where a lot of these traps um can befall a woman right and also another thing is like with shaitan he makes haram look good he makes haram look good so that your intentions can be different but also he clouds your judgment and he makes you not think straight to the point where you can't differentiate between your intentions of wanting to post modest fashion because you want other girls to embrace and dress modestly or because you want to keep up with fashion trends and the latest poses and get more Instagram likes and be relevant. You are not relevant to society. If that's your goal, then unfortunately that is not what you should be doing. That is not gaining the pleasure of Allah. You are trying to be relevant to Allah. You are trying to be relevant to the to the angels in the heavens. You want the angels in the heavens to be speaking your name. That's where you should be popular there. Okay, so it's really important that as you're growing up, you realize that. And you know what? I, I realized it, but I realized it at the end of my teenage years. And I really, really wish that growing up, somebody could have told me that because... I don't know I just think it's so important growing up that you have that mentality young because it saves you from so much hassle and so much fitna and you are strong in your deen because you implemented it from a young age but then again your deen can be strong at any age okay um 
but yes the whole idea of preserving your beauty now if you're somebody that really wants to wear makeup so obviously try your best not to wear makeup but if you really really are struggling then wear the most lightest makeup you can to the point where if somebody looks at you they can't tell that you're wearing makeup because if somebody can't tell that you're wearing makeup then that's fine but then again do not put anything artificial um on your face and do not fall into the trends or the tiktok trends okay that will make you compromise your beauty for the society because trust me your value as a woman is so high to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not to society it's the fact society doesn't um, doesn't value you because you have to go out of your way to keep up with the trends in order to meet society's expectations but allah has given us one command and that is to just dress modestly okay and to preserve our beauty have haya we live in a society unfortunately that society has ruined haya for women a lot of women May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guide us onto the right path and forgive us for all of our sins, for any opportunity, any moments that we have compromised Ahaya as women. May Allah forgive us all. Amen. And last but not least, okay, number seven, I kept the best one till last. And that is holding on to your deen. Hold on to your deen and just never let it go. And I'm getting emotional talking about this, but it's just like that's something that I really wish I did growing up was holding on to my islam my parents were the only inspirations that kept me going when it came to islam but i had to find it my on my own obviously through you know all praise to allah it was because of allah that i feel like i'm i'm getting closer to him you know and who knows that might be through the dua that my parents have been making and i think you know i love my parents so much they do so much for me and i know that all they ever wanted was for me to always just be close to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and it's your deen that's going to help you mature into a very wise and knowledgeable and a deen loving person and inshallah and more importantly you will be god fearing okay you will be a god fearing person inshallah and that's the main thing holding on to your deen will bring you so much peace in life that you feel like whatever struggle that you go through what happens is is that whatever struggle that you you know are happening to go through it helps so much when you hold on to your deen because that's the first thing you think about and you just run to allah and you make dua to allah and you leave it all to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to take care of rather rather than relying on allah's creation and trust me at, at a young age it's very easy to run to allah's creation like i said before but if deen is your priority if islam if your love of allah is your main priority then trust me you will t- teenagehood will be a breeze obviously you're going to have your hardships you will have your trials and tribulations but you have to remember if you're holding on to your deen allah will pull you through okay allah will pull you through out of that hardship and he's given you the solution he's given all of us that solution and the solution to all of our hardship is to hold on to him and just trust him okay just like for example when you're on the bus on the way home You don't really ask the bus driver where he's taken you just kind of expect him to reach your bus stop okay even though you might not know which way you're going that's the same thing when it comes to our journey from Allah to Allah and that's what I want to finish this podcast episode off with the biggest reminder for myself foremost before I share it with anyone is your journey is literally from Allah back to Allah. I hope that was very insightful for you girls inshallah. Again, I don't know everything. I'm just sharing what I have been through in the past and the lessons that I have learned and what I wish I could have done when I was younger and just my advice 
for you girls okay for my younger audience out there but then again it relates to anybody as well it still very much relates to me as well so not just for my younger girls but for everyone out there as well but I hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast my loves I just find it so funny that I said this was going to be a five to ten minute podcast here I am at 50 minutes anyway um thank you so much for listening and I'll see you again in my next podcast episode inshallah and you know what before I go I'm hoping to upload this um whilst I'm in Umrah inshallah so I'm not going to be on my phone as much but I will be uploading this on Sunday so please do make dua for me that Allah accepts my Umrah I mean uh, mine and my family's Umrah I mean please do keep us in your du'as and all of you listeners will always be in my du'as you're always in my heart and I am thinking of you all the time so thank you so much and I'll see you again in the next podcast episode inshallah assalamu alaikum